Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's the Flyers Daily episode for Friday, January 14th, as the Flyers fall in defeat against the Boston Bruins. Final score in the game of 3-2. to two. Big difference in this game. The key, key two plays in the game. It's one that was executed properly and one that wasn't executed successfully. It is the 5-on-3 that Boston gets when David Pasternak picks up the goal, his third of the game, to make it 3-2. to two. They had 49 seconds of 5-on-3 time, and they're able to execute that and get the 5-on-3 goal. That gave the Flyers, or that put the that put the Flyers down in the game. Actually, after they scored that goal, Cam Atkinson on the remaining 5-on-4 power play time for Boston had a breakaway on Tuka Rask, and he made a real nice blocker save. They execute the 5-on-3 and get the goal. The Flyers in the third period had 51 seconds of 5-on-3 time after two delay-of-game puck-over-the-glass calls against Boston, and the Flyers unable to get the goal and successfully get the game tied up in the third period. All said and done on that power play for the Flyers from the 5-on-4 initially, then the 51 seconds of 5-on-3, and then the remaining 5-on-4 time. Flyers got three shots on goal, but unable to get anything by Tuka Rask. Really didn't even have many good looks. The 5-on-3 looked a little disjointed, and there wasn't enough urgency on that 5-on-3. On a 5-on-3, it's obvious. You have two extra men on the ice, and the Flyers put five forwards on the ice. I like that, by the way. And you have to move the puck because that's where you're going to get the opportunity by having the two more players on the ice. It's a possession game. You want to move the puck deliberately. You want to have movement in your power play. And the Flyers just didn't look like there was a ton of urgency even getting up the ice to obtain the zone. Now, they had a power play in the first period of the game that was really disjointed. The zone entries were not good. When they would get the puck in the zone, they would give up possession and try and chip it, and it wasn't working, and Boston had their way on the penalty kill. In the second period, and oddly enough, when Cam Atkinson picked up his goal, the redirect of the Ivan Provorov shot, Flyers did a really good job obtaining the zone, getting the puck in deep, getting set up, and moving the puck around and not having guys stationary. And eventually they get the goal as Cam Atkinson kind of backs out of the way and tips that puck down through the legs of Tuka Rask. And the Flyers got on the board at that point. That That's the type of play, and that's what they need to work on on their power play. I don't know why. It's weird. The zone entries, yet teams string them out, and they know that's an issue for the Flyers, so they make it even more difficult to string them out at the blue line. Once they get into the zone, for the most part, they've been able to set up and being able to attain the zone and, you know, get some pressure on a power play. Hasn't scored nearly enough this season, obviously. I mean, they're 26th in the NHL, clicking at like 16%, which is not nearly good enough. But a lot of that reason why they're 16.7%, I think it is, and 26th in the NHL, has been their inability to get into the zone and get set up. And you saw it in this game in the first period. In the second period, you saw the converse of it, and they got rewarded with a goal. But in the third period on that 5-on-3, unable to get that successfully converted into a goal to tie the game, that's the big part. That's the big element of this game. They had some good opportunities later in the third period, too, when they had the goalie pulled. I think Carter Hart was pulled for about three and a half minutes, and they had some good looks there, but unable to get anything by Tuka Rask. 
They played a good third period. They played a good second period after the Zach McEwen fight, about two and a half minutes into that second period. Uh, but the first period, not good enough. Boston jumped them in the game, got the two goals early uh, within five minutes, and both by David Pasternak. All the Boston goals came from David Pasternak. The second one where on the power play, Marshan just looks off. He's, he's showing shot the entire time and then looks off and dumps it off onto the right side to Pasternak, who bangs it home past Carter Hart, sprawling, and then Pasternak, the other one, on a 5-on-3. So, you know, Boston got the job done. But if you look at this game in total, not just the first period, not just the second and third period, but you look at the game in total and you kind of assess it, and there's no moral victories. You, you don't have moral victories at this point in the season, 36 games in, against the team that you're chasing for wild card two, and you've now lost six straight games. So there's no moral victory in this. But if you if you see the execution, the play, the detail of play in the game in total, again, not just the first period or not just the second and third period, then if you play games like that, you're going to win more games. But the Flyers have not done that consistently enough. They actually out high danger chanced Boston in this game. And when you look at the heat map for the shot chart and the scoring chances, the Flyers were buzzing around that net and around Tuka Rask the entire game. And he was a big X factor because we didn't know how he was going to play. It was 119 days between games for Tuka Rask. He didn't have any games to knock off the rust in the AHL playing for the Providence Bruins because the two games that he was slated to go down there and play against the Phantoms were postponed. So they just said, forget it, recall him. He's playing against the Flyers in this back-to-back situation, and he was really good in the game. Early on, he wasn't tested a tremendous amount. Flyers outshot the Bruins 12-7 to in the third. They got outshot by nine in the game, 36-27. to But I thought the Flyers had, you know, in 27 shots, they had more high-danger chances than Boston did in the game. And I thought Hart was excellent in the game. When you consider, you know, two early goals against a team that he really struggled against last year in Boston, the Tahoe game and just the entire season against Boston last year, the Flyers had such a hard time with them. And to give up two goals in the first roughly five minutes of the game and to kind of rebound in the game the way he did was, I thought, a really good performance. And you saw Carter have to go into desperation mode a few times, especially in that second period, made some incredible diving saves and was selling out to do whatever he could to keep that puck out of the net and keep his team in it. And he did exactly that. But like I said, there's no moral victories at this time. This was a game, I talked about it on the episode yesterday, that I thought the Flyers, if they wanted to make any kind of push, had to have, and had to have it in regulation, because that's the team you're chasing. And when you look at the standings now, we've talked about it. We've talked about the math being very difficult, and the math almost making, nothing's impossible at this point when you're not even at the midway point, but the math is really daunting. Wild card number two is held by the Boston Bruins. They have a record of 21-11-2 with the win, 44 points. They've won four straight. They're 7-3 in their last 10 through 34 games. The Flyers now have played two more games, 36, have 33 points. So they're 11 points back, and Boston has two games in hand. And they actually have another team in between them and Boston now as well because Columbus went down and beat uh, the Carolina Hurricanes last night. So it's real. It's really difficult. It's almost unmanageable at this point to have Boston with two games in hand and up 11 points. It's obviously a very, very difficult math equation. 
And, you know, for the Flyers to be able to get in, I mean, just roughly off the top of my head, they'd have to probably, through the re- remainder of their games, play about a points percentage of 680. And when you look at the Eastern Conference, there's eight teams in the Eastern Conference playing with a points percentage above 620. I mean, so those are the teams you're facing. So it's not like your schedule's easy enough to where you can do that. I mean, when you look at this conference, of the top 10 teams in the league, seven of them are in the Eastern Conference. That's who you're going to see for the most part the remainder of the season, not only the Metro, but the Eastern Conference. And you look right now, points percentage-wise, you know, in, in the Eastern Conference, Florida at 736 points percentage, Carolina 735, Tampa at 705, Toronto in the in the fifth or fourth spot in the league with a 700 points percentage, the Rangers at 676, Pittsburgh at 671, Washington at 662. And the difference here between the Flyers and Boston, Boston is at a 647 points percentage. That's the eighth team in the Eastern Conference with a 647 points percentage. Flyers right now with a point percentage of .458. They actually have a lower points percentage than the New York Islanders who are in the bottom spot in the division. That's because the Flyers have played 36 games and the Isles have only played 29 games. Isles are one game under 500. We'll see them coming up on Monday and Tuesday this week in back-to-back days. And uh, they're at 11, 12, and 6 on the season, 28 points. The Flyers are now three games under hockey 500, 13, 16, and 7, 33 points through 36 games. And I guess the, the really frustrating part, I mean, we know how frustrating the 10-game winless skid was for the Flyers. That was tough living. It's tough. I, Flyer fans, going through a 10-game winless skid is as frustrating as it gets. And then you come out of it. You start to put some things together. The coaching change, starting to get a little traction. You have a seven-game point streak. You're starting to think, okay, they were within a point of wild card number two at, at the peak of the seven-game point streak. But now, six straight losses, and that's a killer. That's a killer. You can't have a 10-game winless skid, come back and have a seven-game point streak, and then have six straight losses, and then expect your team to play a winning percentage the rest of the way of 680 or 700. You are what your record says you are. And right now, that's what the Flyers are. Can they all of a sudden play that that type of hockey? I don't see it. I just, I don't. With no Ryan Ellis and no Sean Couturier right now, not possible. I mean, the hard part to wrap your head around here and the hard part for me to wrap my head around is, you know, one of the big question marks coming into this season was going to be, can the goaltending bounce back after last season? And in my opinion, it has. But the Flyers have not been able to reap the reward of the goaltending that they have gotten. And that's a rarity in the NHL. You know the old saying, show me a good goaltender, I'll show you a good coach. Because it's such an element that levels the playing field. And allows you to win games that you have no business winning. But for the Flyers this year, it hasn't done that nearly enough. It's been good enough to do that, but the team has not found, not found a way to make that goaltending an X factor for them, even though their team game has not been good enough. So in the six-game losing skid now, they've lost to San Jose in overtime. They got a point out of that. Lost to Los Angeles. I mean, I'm going back here 
to 2021. That, that game against San Jose is on December 30th. They lose to the Los Angeles Kings on January 1st. They lose to Anaheim 4-1 on January 4th. They come back home, take on Pittsburgh. They lose 6-2. They're shorthanded in the game, yes. Then they lose to San Jose in overtime at home on January 8th. Tuesday's game against Carolina was postponed. And then tonight, a 3-2 loss against the Boston Bruins. So the frustration continues. And I understand it. And I understand the emotion of being a fan and the frustration that comes with it. And, you know, as fans and when you're frustrated, you want a body to show for it. You want someone to pay. But right now, and and people say, well, just trade everybody. The trade market's not there right now. It's the rental market's not there right now. That gets exacerbated as the deadline, the trade deadline, which is March 21st, when that becomes, you know, a target and you can get multiple teams involved. That's how you extract value in the rental market. So trading somebody now is not going to fix anything. You're not going to just make a trade to make a trade because we're angry and we're we're PO'd about what's going on. Now's not the right time to trade a rental player because you're not going to get as many teams involved, and you want to do that at the deadline. So frustration, sometimes boiling over, I understand it. I'm right there with you. This is frustrating. I know the players. I imagine they're incredibly frustrated. I know that that team wanted to win that game last night for – Kevin Hayes, and it didn't happen. Going back home for the first time to play in Boston, the Dorchester native, easy for me to say, to go back home and play in front of his, you know, his nephew. And he had him on the ice yesterday, two days ago. You know, that the team played a decent game. But a de- playing a decent game and not coming away with points at this point, given all of the the ups and downs and more downs than ups to the season is not a moral victory, unfortunately, for the Flyers. It's just not. They'll be back at it Saturday to take on the New York Rangers at the Wells Fargo Center. Rangers having a good year. Then it's back-to-back games against the New York Islanders in New York on Monday at the new building. And then at Wells Fargo Center on Tuesday against the Islanders again. Then they'll get Columbus next week and Buffalo. But a lot of hockey in that. Saturday to Saturday. Rangers, two against the Islanders, one against Columbus, and one against Buffalo. It's five games in seven days, essentially. So a lot of hockey, and a great way to start out that that week where there was a lot of hockey would have been perfect with a win, two points, over the team that you're chasing in the standings, and they didn't get that done against the Boston Bruins, and that's a shame. So that'll put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Chin up, Flyers fans. Enjoy your Friday. We'll preview the Flyers-Rangers coming up tomorrow right here on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily.